Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Hey there, welcome in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. Let's see if I can get this right this time. This is episode six of season three. It is entitled Bama Crushes Canes. Very appropriate, Tom. How's it going? It's been 24 hours since I've seen you. Has it been that long? Maybe not. No, Maybe I've, seen you, I've seen you since then. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to the, uh, to the uh, uh, podcast family. Right off the bat, one, this podcast is two days late, and two, we lied. We didn't record in Vegas like we promised. (laughs) (laughs) It got away from us in a hurry. It was like the Hangover movie. It was a lot unexpected. (laughs) I'm going to blame it on the bottomless mimosas at 11.01 on Sunday morning. (laughs) That could have been a contributor. But it was a good time, uh, you know, great kickoff the, the first weekend of football season. And Vegas is, is masked up, but at the sports bars, the restaurants, I'll tell you this, they are a lot more lax than they were this time last year. Eli and my brother-in-law, Richard, went out there because we're supposed to have an Oracle show, the one, you know, you and I and, and Tracy went on that time. Mm-hmm. And when they book, you know, they book, you book your tickets well in advance of the show, and they probably booked late March, middle of March, and booked everything. And then, of course, everything went to hell in the handbasket. So, but they went ahead and went. And at the pool, you had to have a mask on unless you were eating or drinking, unless you're in the water. So even outdoors in the sun, it was just ridiculous. So the, Vegas has calmed down a little bit. We got to watch the game in peace. We got to see the whippets in peace with no mask. So it was, it was a wonderful trip. I, we had a really good time. It was fun. I concur on that 100%, sir. Well, I figure Vegas is going to creep into commentary, so I don't want to overstep my bounds and and bleed into you, so I will turn it over to you, Tom Sims. Well, actually, I was going to do a a quick recap of the good and bad of the weekend as far as uh, uh, the the opening college football teams that we, we saw and also that we can remember. But, <laughs> but I do want to mention a couple things about Vegas because they tickled me, and I thought they might tickle you guys. So we decide to watch the game uh, with one of my friends, Steve, and his wife, Allison, and he had a group of folks with them. They they set up at the MGM is it called the tap room at yeah, MGM? Yeah, tap, tap, yeah. tap room, something like that. Yeah, and and so it's pretty good sports venue. You know, it's got a, a square metal bar with TVs above it and all around it, 360, and then even 
bigger TVs around the perimeter and such. So it's a pretty good, pretty good spot to, to watch the game. So Tiffin and I set up there early, uh, which is uh, somewhere around 11 o'clock Vegas time because that's when they opened. We got there earlier than that to catch some of the earlier games, but uh, but they didn't open till 11, so we were there at 11, actually 10.59. And so we go in and settle up or saddle up to the bar and, and we got a, a nice uh, lady who's a bartender or whatnot. And so we we we, we start to drink it. Well as folks start uh, <laughs> as, as folks start filtering in, we end up with a, a, a table of Bama fans over there in the corner and then some sporadic people. I think there was an Iowa State fan at the end of the bar, which is the great thing about Vegas. You get fans from everywhere. We had a, a, a Ohio State contingent who come over and said hello and uh, some, some other things, but there was also a table of Texas fans behind us. I don't know. There was probably, what, ten of them there? Eight, so, yeah, eight, eight to ten. Eight easily. to ten. Yeah. So uh, the sports book is across the 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 way from the tap room. So uh, we've made a couple of wagers over there. Some of us have made more than others. <coughs> Tiffin, <laughs> um, and so Tiffin comes back from the sports book with a, a handful of drink tickets, and he knows good and well they're not going to take them in the tap room, but he wants to cover all his bases. I don't blame him. We're going to be there all day and all night. So he's he's up at the uh, at, at the the bar counter, and he asks our waitress, hey, you know, I suppose y'all are not going to take these drink tickets from the sports book, right? We're, we're going to you know end up buying all our beer. She says, yeah. He's like, what if we just get them outside the sports book? You know, we're just happy to come in here, mosey in with them. She's like, no, nah, sorry, no outside food and drink. If I see you with any outside food and beverages, you know, you'll have to, I'll have to confiscate them, throw them away, stay in here. It's like, okay. We expected that answer. No big deal. So Tiffin gathers up his drink tickets. <laughs> Mosey's over to the, the table with the Texas guys in it. And, uh proceeds to say hey guys uh see y'all from texas um welcome to the sec here are these drink tickets you're gonna need them (laughs) (laugh) luckily (laughs) luckily the uh the the guys took it in stride laughed it off it was funny what what made it even better is is you know we continued to sort of banter with them throughout and and the texas game had kicked off before alabama game so they were there watching the texas lafayette game which they did eventually win and when the bama game started and and they might have done this during the the texas game too but when the bama game started bama had scored a touchdown or something against miami and next thing i hear from that table of eight to ten they're over there chanting SEC, SEC. <laughs> so it took Texas all of one game, and they're not even officially in the conference yet, <laughs> to to latch on to the SEC chant. I thought that was great. Uh, they were oh, laughing yeah. about it though, but it yeah. was it was hilarious. I, I will say this too, uh, while while I'm still blabbing a little bit. So so we're we're in the first half, and we started early and we started off and, and we were talking to our buddy Steve. It was like, hey, you know, I think they they sell Pappy Van Winkle, which is high-end whiskey, over at a, uh, another bar inside MGM. If Bama's up by 21 or more at halftime, 
we're going to be excited. We're going to go over there and get a drink. And we agreed. And, of course, we were up big. So we go over and get one. And, and, and they didn't have the Pappy, by the way. We had to get a replacement. I think we ended up with Blanton's, which is excellent anyway. Yes. Uh, so so we get three whiskeys, and, and we come back. And I didn't give it a second thought. We come back into the tap room and saddle up at our seats with those whiskeys. And about time we got seated, I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, she's going to not let us drink these drinks. I was like, oh, we, we got to keep these low, you know, because they were like, what are they wanting for them out there, 40 bucks? A- <laughs> 130 and a nickel for three. <laughs> it's just absurd so i'm a little worried about that but but we end up drinking them down and then when she comes over there i wanted to come clean with her because we wanted to be good stewards and we're still going to be there for more than you know hours and i said hey i'm sorry about those uh you know those whiskeys that we got in here i kind of forgot about it she says that's all right she says y'all look so happy with them i wasn't gonna take So like a, like a little kid, we we just looked so happy with our toys. She didn't have the heart to take it away from us. So I'm glad she didn't because you're you're a whiskey drinker. I'm really not. And if I'd have had to to guzzle that down to keep her from throwing it away, dude, I would have thrown up because I, <laughs> I had a lot left in my glass. And when you get a shot, I will give props to the bartender when you get a quote unquote shot at like it was whiskey down where we're at, and and they know like if you order. Now Louis Trey, they had some Louis Trey, and I think it was two seventy a half ounce, maybe. It's so expensive, and uh, they measure that out everywhere I've been that serves Louis Trey. They the regular bartender can't even pour it. It has to be uh, a manager has to come out and pour it, and they measure it out because if you get the last shot, you get the bottle. And I don't know how we didn't get the Blanton's bottle, dude. He was uh, he was so low. I think he saved a half a shot to not give us the bottle mm. because Blanton's is over a hundred dollars a bottle itself, and that, and a lot of times you have to call. Uh, I was talking to Eli about it because that's what his brother-in-law drinks a lot of. And it, it's it's not like you just run into the ABC, ABC store and get Blanton's. Like, you have to call and say, hey, man, you got Blanton's? Because it's very – they make it kind of like Pappy. And, you know, Pappy's fa- fame is wrapped up in the, the robbery of their truck, what, a decade ago or whatever. And it sounds like Blanton's – you know, you if, if something's aged 12 years, well, guess what? If it's – if it's September the 9th and the next time it's going to be ready to pour is November the 11th, then it is what it is. You you know, the country's out of Blanton's until November, until they get the batch poured. Yep. So uh, anyway, back to the story. So when you order a shot at a pretty decent bar and the bar, the bartenders know their liquor and you get some Pappy, you get some Blanton's, then you're really going to, uh, they're going to, do you right? Like they're not going to measure the shot out. They're going to free pour it, and he free poured every bit of two ounces. Yeah, it, it was it was one delicious drink. There's no doubt about that. Um, so, so I'll, I'll I'll digress a little bit from the Vegas weekend though. One thing that I will will just mention before we get into uh, recapping the games from last week. Well, part of it is a recap from the games from last week, but but we had a couple we were going to recap. We were going to recap the Bama uh, Miami game and the Clemson Georgia game, but I just wanted to give sort of a, a quick header on the rest of the country. The rest of the country, as far as the who was supposed to be the premium teams, were unimpressive. Literally, most all of them, and I, I'm just going to do a quick rundown. The, one of the favorites in the Pac-12, Washington, loses outright to Montana. 
12-7. You had Notre Dame go to overtime with Florida State, who hadn't had a winning season in about three or four years, I don't think. You had Iowa State, which was one of my picks to get into the college uh, football playoff. They eke out a 16-10 win over, who was it, Northern Iowa, I think. Yeah, it was, I don't know. There's so many bad teams losing or almost losing, or so many supposed to be good teams losing or almost losing to bad teams. They're all running together. Yeah, I mean, uh, North Carolina loses outright to Virginia Tech. They were number 10. Oklahoma, another football playoff darling, wins by five but had to make a defensive stand as Tulane was driving for the winning touchdown inside a minute to go. They were across midfield, by the way. You had uh, Texas A&M, who had a, a sort of a lopsided final score, but that thing was in the third quarter, I think, and they were winning 13-3. to And Kent State was driving to cut it to three, and was on the A&M 15-yard line when they threw a pick six and, and the game got out of control from there. Of course, uh, your second-place team in the West, the LSU Tigers, <laughs> <laughs> got manhandled by the Sissy Blue guys. And, and that was it, it was it was like that across the board. I, there were very few teams that I would call impressive on the weekend. And the ones that were impressive, most of them were – Tweeners are not even top 25 teams. Iowa, I would consider them a tweener. They were not on nobody's radar, but they, they did a great job against Indiana. You had um, Cincinnati, which uh, G5 or however you want to refer to those, they are a top 10 team, but they did roll. Uh, they, they, they played as strong as opponent as A&M and Iowa State and Washington did, and they, they took care of business. Kentucky looked good. Um you know, we'll get into the Ohio State's uh, – Oregon was another one. They only won by seven yeah. over the weekend. Um, so, I, it, it, was a, it was a weird opening weekend. I was very happy to see it. But it, not a lot of teams – there's been so many times in the past few years where the top four or five teams open up the weekend and they all win by 50. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's this big, great debate about who looks the best because this one – and – there's going to be some knee-jerk reactions the first weekend, as they always are. But that was a that was a very telling opening weekend to me. Just just take it for what it's worth, and we'll move on from there. But it it was a really weird when you got the final scores down on paper. Yeah, and we'll jump we'll jump into the recaps right quick. I've decided on Bama Miami. We can kind of go back and forth on Clemson Georgia. I'm going to discuss the two offenses, and I'll let you discuss the two defenses. <laughs> but, Thanks. But with a, and I don't know who has the more difficult job because the defense actually did score uh, a, a touchdown. <laughs> but with Bama-Miami, and, and to kind of just piggyback on what you're talking about, we talked – you know, of course, we're in Vegas. We talked a ton of football Saturday, and then we, we – basically covered what I what we'd normally would cover on a Monday at our different places of business. So, you know, we're having brunch and we're talking a lot of football and then we talk at Monday as well. And like you said, the a lot of weekends you have it's like, you know, Ohio State, 
beats their opponent who was a, a decent opponent. You know, it's 52 to 10, and it was 52 to nothing start the fourth quarter. And then, you know, Florida State wins, you know, 37 to, to 7. And, you know, Texas wins 49 to nothing. But that, that just didn't happen this year. And with the ranked teams, okay, Ohio State, we've talked about this. I'll go ahead and spoiler alert here. You know, who was the most impressive team outside of Alabama? And I think we both agreed, or I, I'm going to vote for Ohio State. I think you kind of agreed. And in saying that, Ohio State trailed at halftime. Yep. They won by 14. I'm gonna, the, reason I, the reason I'm leaning Ohio State is the second most impressive. They played a conference opponent on the road, first game of the year. And, you know, the running back from Minnesota got hurt, but, but Ohio State did. They pushed the line. It, the line ended at 14. They won by 14. So a 14-point road victory over a conference opponent, we're never going to slot that. I, I'm never going to slot that because it's a lot different playing at Minnesota than hosting, say, Akron. Akron. Who, who is, you know, Auburn's all fat and happy. I didn't watch one play of the game. Couldn't find it because it's on ESPN+. Plus. I don't pay for that extra stuff. But Akron, if it tells you anything about their level of football, they're dogs this week to Temple. <laughs> Seven-point dogs to the powerhouse that is Temple. But with Bama, and, man, I, I talked about this last year on our wrap-up, is I am the, I'm a very pessimistic Bama fan. I grew up Mississippi State fan. And, you know, Mississippi State has just won their first ever national championship in any team sport. And so I was used to being the lovable loser. I was used to having the lead in the fourth quarter and it dissipating into thin air, especially against Alabama because, you know, the rest of my, a lot of the rest of my family is Alabama. And, you know, when I went to Alabama, of course, I switched sides 100%. But I, I think in my, the back of my mind, I always am waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I don't fully enjoy the season until it's over. Like I always find the flaws in our quarterback play and our running back play, receivers, defense, whatever – and we talked today at work, like, where, where's, the, where's the major? Okay, there's always improvement. You can always improve. Where are the major improvements? Our kicker went three for three, hit a 51-yarder. I don't – did we even punt? I don't remember if we punted or not. We are leading – we're kicking the crap out of Miami. And, they, yeah, here's what's going to happen. Bama fans know it right now. You know, give it a couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever. What Miami was ranked 14th. Let three weeks go by, and oh, Miami wasn't that good. They were overrated. What? Well, that's not our fault. We played a ranked team. We beat the crap out of said ranked team. So we were by far the most impressive. And I do. I'm sticking with that. We finished the season at eleven and one, and I think you also agreed that we'll probably have a loss. But honestly, if we can make it to Atlanta, if we get in the playoffs, who's beating us? With Bryce Young playing the way he did, he I think I, I put, I'm going to have to pat myself on the back. I, I said this today, and a guy agreed with me, and I thought that's a pretty good analogy. I feel like Bryce Young is Jalen Hurts with better vision because when he would get pushed out of the pocket, he continually looked downfield to hit the receiver. And that's that's from a not a true freshman. You know, he's, a, I guess, a true sophomore, even though he's with the COVID year. He could come back and play this one plus three. But he has a handful of sna of live game snaps. He'd never started a game, and he's looking like a polished veteran out there. Just so impressed with him. Defense looked great. We had four sacks against arguably the best quarterback we're going to play all year. So great win by Bama to open the year. A hundred percent. And that's <clears> – <throat> I was going to mention the same thing, and I'll just – I'll mention it right out the gate. Looking at Derrick King and this Miami offense, I just pulled up our schedule – 
whose offense are you going to trade for Miami? Now, it's a, it's a one-game sample, and you're going to go, well, Miami looked terrible that year. But just think about what they got back. You know, we, we previewed this. They have, like you said, not only the, arguably the best quarterback that we'll face this year, arguably the best quarterback in the ACC and a top five or ten quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's that's no slouch back there in the pocket. Uh, but they they had they they I don't remember what their points per game, but they were pretty good, pretty high up last year, and they will continue to be so. But you know, are you going to take? Florida's offense over Miami, that's yet to be seen. That's questionable, but Emory Jones only threw for, what, 170 yards and two touch, yeah, or two picks two last picks. week. And I think he got pulled as well, you know. Yeah, against FAU, you know, and they have some, some backup in there. Matt Corral, you'd probably take Mississippi's offense over Miami, maybe. I mean, it's it, that's strange to say. Mississippi was unranked last week. They get the benefit of the one-game knee-jerk reaction. So you might consider Mississippi's offense. Are you taking Texas A&M offense over Miami? After game one, I don't think so. I don't think so either. You know, they're they were like, they're the ones that we talked about earlier. And I think it was questionable beforehand too. I mean, A&M's a better overall team, I believe. But offensively, Miami's there. Then you, then you look down, you've got – Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, and Auburn the rest of the year. We we possibly could have faced our best offensive team of the of the year in the regular season already. Mm-hmm. Game one. And I I like the result. And I mentioned this last week in our preseason SEC and such that I think that Bama's defense is going to get our number back under 16. I didn't think we'd hold Miami under 16. Uh, actually, I did. I, what did I predict? 34 to 13? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I nailed the 13 part, actually. <laughs> but I, I guess the point I was making is I figured the average would be under 16, some above, some below, of course, to get there. But I thought we could, we'd could, we have a real shot at under 16, seeing as how we come out of the gate. 13 may be in play. Um, That'd be it's nice. It's hard to say. It would be nice. But <laughs> if that's we give up 13 points per game, dude, get the get Mr. Jostens the, from the ring company to get down here and measure our fingers. <laughs> For real. But, uh, yeah, I – I got zero complaints. I'm, I'm with you. Zero complaints about the game. Zero complaints about the uh, holes or potential holes there. I don't know where that potential hole is. Maybe maybe it's running game as far as explosiveness. We averaged five or six yards of carry with our backs, but I was not I was not un unimpressed from our backs. They ran hard. They run strong. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about this before. Miami's got a pretty good defensive line. We knew they were susceptible in the uh, secondary, but their defensive line was stout, and, and they showed it. We didn't run all over them. I think we only had like maybe 150 yards passing or something, uh, or I mean rushing. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, but we averaged five yards a carry versus their three yards a carry, so – uh, there's a big difference in a couple yards when you're, when you're talking about a per-carry basis. But maybe we can be a little more explosive in the running game. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm set, baby. I'm, I'm ready. Bring on Mercer. Yeah, I don't know what – do you have what, – what cable provider? Do you, have, do you even have a cable or satellite provider? Uh, yeah, I, I do Hulu. 
Okay. We do YouTube TV, and when we record the games on YouTube TV, for all I know, your Hulu does this too, but I, I know Dish didn't do it when I had Dish. On your DVR, you can put – I just did it a while ago. You can hit play, and it will ask you, do you want to watch the whole game or do you just want to watch the uh, – what are they called? Prolific plays or whatever, just the top plays. And it's it's awesome. You get to what you hit the top plays. It's usually twenty to twenty five plays. It's the sacks, the interceptions, and the touchdowns. That's all you watch. So uh, I, I re awesome. I rewatched it. Do what now? I said that is awesome. I need yeah, to check see if I have that. And uh, so I watched it just you know while I was eating dinner, and Miami did get down inside the goal line or inside the ten yard line, and we got a pick in the end zone, but we had a penalty. We forced them to third down. Will Anderson sacked or caused a sack. Fedarian Mathis ended up getting the sack, but 31 pushed him back toward Mathis, and then they they settled for a field goal. So, yeah, I mean, they, they drove the ball with a little bit of, of success. But, I mean, at that point, it's 44 to 10. Right. So, I mean, I don't know who all we had in there. Obviously, 31 starts, 48 starts, but – that's that's you know I guarantee you Saban he'll have some stuff to work on but as a as a gump uh, it, it was just a, it's a beautiful thing unlike the next game we're going to cover which is Clemson <laughs> in Georgia so, uh, if you follow our Twitter you know that I put a pretty substantial amount on Georgia but don't worry I did not tweet out what I hedge with I'm sorry on Clemson I put it on Clemson. I hedged pretty heavy with Georgia right before kickoff on the points, and then I also hammered Georgia at halftime. So the damage was mitigated. But I really thought at at half, you know, right before half, Georgia got the pick six, and they went up 7 nothing. They were killing Clemson. I mean, that, that just – it makes you wonder, is Dabo's run oh, as, the, as the elite team – and it's, it's so – you know, you can't really say this because who's going to beat him in his conference? I, I just don't see him losing a game in the conference. I mean, if even if they lose one, they're still going to make it to Charlotte. They're still going to win the conference that's going to put them with their past history. That's going to put them in the playoffs. But is Dabo destined to be the new Notre Dame or Oklahoma's, hey, you make it to the playoffs every year, but when you get there you can't do anything? Because I really thought Georgia was going to pour it on and they just couldn't do it either. And I got, don't know if you've heard today. I know you've been on the road, but JT Daniels is injured. He has some kind of core injury. It hit tighter insider today, right after lunch, and then it actually hit the fine bomb show. So this thing has legs. It's like an oblique muscle or an ab muscle, which absolutely will affect your throwing. But I don't, I don't know if he. They're going to try to say he suffered it before the game. I don't know if it was before the game, during the game, but he is a little injured. But, man, they neither team looked good on offense. And Clemson is very – the – what word am I looking for? I have a feeling I'm about to come up with another word, another phrase like coin in the purse. <laughs> they <laughs> that are was chip very, in the purse, sir. Chip in the purse, yeah. They are very defunct of offensive linemen. Georgia got seven sacks. And, and D.J. – We'll just call him DJ. He, you know, till he wins a game as a starter, he doesn't get his last name pronounced on this podcast. <laughs> DJ is more athletic. I mean, he's no Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a heck of a, a heck of a running quarterback as well. At, you know, like Jalen Hurts, but DJ is somewhere uh, above Mac Jones, but below Jalen Hurts. I, my point is, he should not uh, sustain seven sacks in the game and he did and that was a testament Georgia's defense very good no question about that but 
his offensive line did him no favors. No, he, he didn't. Now, I will say this, and this has got me a little bit irked a little bit today. Between between these two teams, let, let me preface this. Between these two teams on that game on Saturday, they total together created about 436 yards of total offense. That's combined. And it was a little bit lopsided, 256 to 180. But both teams had similar amounts of three and outs, five and outs, and, you know, a smattering of, of sustained drives, which even some of the sustained drives ended in punts, field goals or missed field goals or uh, – Turnovers, you know, so yeah, even the sustained yeah. drives weren't always fruitful. But they both obviously have a long way to go, but you can't you can't sit here, which is all I'm hearing, and say that, wow, Georgia is the clear number two team in the country. We're looking at two playoff teams or, you know, from the SEC – you can't prop Georgia up that much and then say that Clemson's terrible when neither team scored an offensive touchdown. Neither one of them. Georgia won the game by virtue of a pick six in which Clemson was deep in their territory. It was a pretty long pick six. So if Georgia is that good and i'm not saying they're not we've got a one game sample size these two teams are going to steamroll some teams on offensive side of the football there's no doubt and they may they may be the two best teams in the country right now and their defenses are just that good that they'll have a repeat of the national championship game just like this i don't know that we'll see i doubt that's the case after seeing them play but but if we're going to put georgia at number 2 then clemson has got to be number 3 I, they're that close together. That that to me, I just didn't see that much separation in them teams, and I certainly don't think that. Now, I I would argue that Ohio State's ahead of both of them, like we might talk mm-hmm. about later. But I just because Clemson loses a seven three game doesn't mean that I'm gonna keep Oklahoma's losing to Tulane ahead of them or Texas A&M who struggled with Kent State ahead of them or any number of other teams who were highly unimpressive these guys these were two juggernauts that played each other you know tooth and nail down to the end and yes it was an ugly offensive game but defenses make it look ugly they just do and I think we talked about both of these defenses as being elite in the preview to this game, and I, that held true. Now, we did think that the offenses, or at least I did, and I, I think you were of the same opinion, would have more success just because both of them were supposedly having superstar quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. DJ and JT are both Heisman candidates coming in, both highly ranked Heisman candidates. So you would have thought that they would have had more success, but uh, – Neither one of them got it done, so I don't know at this point if if the offenses were that overrated or the defenses are as good as advertised and they just had one of those nights. But it just frustrates me a little bit to see polls with Clemson at seven and Georgia at two. That's that's old school thinking. That's the thinking if you lose one, you just got to drop a few spots because uh, all these other teams are undefeated. Don't give me that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Put – 
put Clemson on the field with Iowa State right now or, or Oklahoma the way they played against Tulane, and, and I'll take Clemson all day, every day. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, your point is valid, though, about the their position in the conference and the national landscape because we talked about that in preseason, too. Last two playoff appearances they've been in, they've been hammered, hammered out of the playoffs twice in a row. Once by LSU, once by Ohio State last year, and now they lose the opener, so that puts them on a very, very thin ice moving forward. And the rest of the conference let them down. Where we were talking about before that they would have, you know, a possible couple, two or three games to look good. Well, now North Carolina's zero and one. Miami not even competitive against Alabama. They had another team. Who who was the other ACC team? That I mean, took a, Flor- Florida State lost in overtime to Notre Dame. Yeah, but there was Louis- another. Louisville got crushed by Ole Miss. There you go. That that was one. Oh oh, I know, I know what it was. The uh, no, I don't either. So I'm an idiot. But North but Carolina. Well, North Carolina lost to Virginia Tech. Of course, that that's a conference matchup. So at you know what hurts North Carolina helps Virginia Tech there. But I think everybody, like you said. North Carolina ranked top 10, top 12, whatever they were. Mac Brown is coach, and they go in there and, like, lay 10 points against Virginia Tech. I mean, that, and that's kind of what we're talking about throughout Vegas is you put Bama versus Georgia this weekend on a neutral field. You put Bama versus Clemson this weekend on a, on a neutral field. Bama versus Ohio State on neutral field. All those games are, are 14 points or more. Yeah, minimum double-digit favorites in all those. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Minimum. Right. Could be triple digits. I'd li- I would like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and let, let's close this up on Georgia, and we'll get to the games of the week because, of course, we're going to cover Bama, but it's going to be a quickie because it's, we play Mercer, and uh, who's, who won 69 to nothing because their kicker missed an extra point on purpose. Wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> but let's see. You know, back to Georgia Clemson. How good – when are we going to find out how good either team is? Well, I don't I don't have the ACC helmet schedule in front of me, but Georgia has UAB, heavy 25-and-a-half, 26-point favorites. They host South Carolina. They go to Vanderbilt. They host Arkansas. They go to Auburn. I mean, if they get through October 9th without a loss, the next team that can beat them is probably Florida. And then if Florida doesn't beat them, they're undefeated going to Atlanta. That's correct. Their schedule sets up beautifully for them to get there, particularly playing in the East. But uh, yeah. so, And so they, they can do a lot of tweaking, too, on those 25-point favorites like this weekend. So that they will only get better. And if the defense is already nasty and they just dial in the offense, it's a huge boon for them just winning the game, whether it was 3-2 to two or 7-3, to three, whatever it was. You know, they're, it's, it's, it's a big chip in the purse. Yeah, because ultimately we both agree that Clemson, that, that the loser of this game is nowhere near out of the playoffs. But you can whistle past the graveyard all you want. The loser of this game is behind the eight ball. You better not lose again. That's right. Because if you lose, if Clemson loses to, let's say, North Carolina and they still make it to Charlotte, I guarantee you championship weekend, they're going to, not only are they going to have to beat the, the opponent from the other side of the, the ACC division, they're going to have to have some carnage because if Bama gets to Atlanta at 12-0 and and Georgia gets to Atlanta at 11-1 and or vice versa, the, the 12-0 and team, if they lose the SEC championship game, they're in the playoffs. If Bama gets to 12-0, and we're in the playoffs. Do we deserve it? Probably. But we're going to get there because of Nick Saban, because our past history in the playoffs. If Georgia makes it to 12-0 and and we beat them in Atlanta, I very feel very strongly that Georgia gets in the playoffs. So the loss did not – 
kill the team that, that suffered the loss, which was Clemson in this case. But they they have to go. They have to go 11-0 and and win their conference championship to be guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Uh, we've not seen a two-loss team creep in yet. Auburn was definitely going to do that in 2017. If they had beaten Georgia, they were going to be – I don't know if they wouldn't have been number one. They were playing some great football in 2017. And then Georgia – Carrion Johnson got hurt in Atlanta – and Georgia beat them, so thank goodness. And we, we snuck in the playoffs and won it all. So uh, let's get to the games of the week. We've got three to talk about quickly, uh, quickly on my end because I did zero prep for this. Uh, had a had a loyal listener say, y'all need to change your podcast. To, I'm not prepared. You're not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about Bama Mercer, Arkansas, Texas, Ohio State, Oregon. So Bama Mercer, quickly, this is going to be a tune-up. Mercer beat – Mercer beat a team called Point. I don't. I, that, that's Point all that was what? on the. That's all that was on the <laughs> screen. It was Mercer. Uh, you know, forty nine points. Point zero. P o i n t zero. I don't have no clue where the team is from, but it's going to be a tune up. And I look for a lot of our a lot of our backups to get play. We just hope for no injuries. We did lose Chris Allen for the season on a sack, if I'm not mistaken. And I I rewatched it. I mean, I think he just got stepped on freak accident. You know, we're we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose a linebacker. There's no doubt that's always gonna happen. But the good news is we we replace him with a five star out of Oklahoma, Drew Sanders. I think that's his replacement. But Allen was preseason first team SEC. So don't think for a minute that we lose him and get better. It's just like I said with with the, this year's team overall. You don't lose Mac Jones and Slim Reaper and Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle and get better. But, so uh, you know, but, hey, we, we didn't lose much, did we? We looked really good. But I this is going to be a scrimmage for us, or at least it should be. I look for maybe Billingsley to, to get out of the doghouse and, and make some noise there. And I think we let Bryce dial it up in the first half and then get, maybe give him a series in the third quarter, get him out, let Tyson go, and let Milrow go. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the game plan. You, this, these are the types of games you just hope to get out of there without any injuries. You take your 54-and-a-half point Vegas win with a total of 58. I hadn't seen any numbers. I'm just <laughs> – Probably not far off. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's not a lot to say about this. This matchup is uh, one that I hope goes away in the future – when we go to the super conference, but for now we will we will play our tune up and look forward to Florida next week. Yeah. All right. So short and sweet, roll tide. I'm, I've got Bama listen to this. I think I do think this. I think this might be the biggest score different differential flip flop that you've ever seen. Meaning this Mercer was plus sixty nine their game one. They're going to lose this game. It's just by how much. So they might have over a hundred point swing. I'm going to say in a in a uh, twist of fate, Bama sixty nine, Mercer zero. <laughs> Great score. Do I need to offer up a score here? That's totally up to you, man. I'll say fifty five to nothing. My my man. <laughs> I want to go over you're, you're over the fifty four and a half and under the fifty eight. You know, there's been some lines like that that have been that close. Oh yeah, it's you like know, if you can get Mercer to get one touchdown, you can't yeah. lose both sides. Yeah. You know what? The, the craziest line I think I've ever seen is when Arizona, probably, is when we were in college, like '93. Their defense was just nasty. 
if I'm not mistaken, one time they're they're they they were fourteen point favorites and the over under was like thirty two. That's, uh, that's and, crazy. and and it hit. I think they won twenty six nothing. Right. I mean, yeah. They hit the mm. middle. So let's move on to the more intriguing games. I think we'd say Arkansas and Texas. Arkansas, like, see, Bama was the feature game, and thank you ABC for not prepping carefully enough. We had to watch the ending of Oklahoma. Tulane, even when it was obvious to, uh, Oklahoma was going to nibble on the ball the last 50 seconds, they will not cut over. I don't know what it is contractually, but we don't care anything about seeing a guy kneel down and then the coaches shake hands at midfield. We want to see our teams play. So we missed the first, I don't know, we had to watch on your cell phone, which you could barely see. But Arkansas, we were the feature game so – I didn't see a lot when we were playing. I just didn't see a lot of other other teams play because I was so focused on Bama. And I know Mississippi State was in a dog fight late in the game with uh, Louisiana Tech. And Arkansas did not play. They were on our eight-team lock, stone-cold lock parlay, and they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Texas actually looked pretty good. They played a ranked team in Louisiana, Lafayette maybe? Yep. Louisiana? I don't know. But you know the and Texas. That's not true about Arkansas, by the way. They came back and covered. Did they really? They so did. you cost us the parlay. <laughs> well, they the the nineteen and a half early on looked insurmountable because they, it was like seventeen seventeen at one point. I'm like, yeah, that is not what you want to see when you're laying nineteen and a half. This game is at Arkansas, Texas by seven. I just – I really feel like Arkansas limped around in the first half and then I didn't know that I didn't know what the final was. But I, I feel like they were prepared for Texas. That's going to be kind of a common theme with another team we're going to talk about. I, 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 I'm I not going to go as far and pick Arkansas for the straight-up win, but I think this game is going to be very close. And as we saw, road dogs – that's not a that's not something you want to play early on in the year when you play a road I'm sorry road favorite. So uh I'm going to say Ark I'm going to say Texas gets them, but I'm going to say it's going to be very close. I would take Arkansas all the points if I had to bet it. Yeah, I think this game goes either way myself. Uh, this is one of those uh jerk reactions from week 1 where Texas has actually played and beaten a ranked team. Pretty convincingly, they had their way with Lafayette for the most part. Uh, it wasn't a, a, a smashing, but it, it, the game was never in doubt. They stayed up two scores or more the pretty much the whole game. And Arkansas was – they were actually losing that game, I believe, at one point. And once it was 17-17, they went ahead and won 38-17. But one thing that to pull from that game is that Arkansas – ran for 245 yards on the ground. That's what they want to do. And Texas shut down Lafayette's running game pretty well. And that's going to be the the matchup to watch this weekend, whether or not Texas can actually lock down the Arkansas running game because Arkansas is not going to throw it all over you. So if they can have some success on the ground – that Arkansas defense last year was very much improved, and I, I expect them to take another step forward this year. I expect this to be a close game, a fourth-quarter game, and it could go either way. I'm like you leaning a close Texas victory, but I don't know that I wouldn't take Arkansas in the outright upset. I'll go ahead. I'll do it. I got them. Do it. <laughs> do it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll say Arkansas gets them in a close one. Wrong I, I team like favored for Tom Sims. I say right team favored. It's just too many points. So, we're both got Arkansas covering, and it, it's not going to surprise me either way. Arkansas, very impressive last year. You know, I, I picked them last year to go 0-8 in the conference. I thought they were horrible, and I think they won three ballgames. Yeah, they did because I was listening to the radio today, and they should have won four because they got absolutely cheated out of we've, as we've covered numerous times on this very podcast – they got cheated out of the Auburn game, so they should have been four and six. They were three and seven. I just, I still can't go out right, but I, it's, it's going to be a good game to watch. And I think it is a, I think it's an afternoon game, like a six o'clock game. So that will add to the intrigue. I'll get those wild hogs all <laughs> liquored up during the day. But the last game we're going to talk about, you know, it's pretty good matchups, and that's one good thing about college football that has happened over the past. Definitely since Nick Saban has come to Alabama, is he has never shied away from opening up with a big time team at a neutral site, and I think this is our last neutral site game for a, for a pretty good while. But it has kind of forced other teams to to follow suit. You know, we had UCLA uh, versus LSU. We had Georgia Clemson. We had uh, who am I missing? Well, we had we had Notre Dame, Florida State, you know, Ole, Ole Miss, Miss, Louisville, Louisville. Yeah. and and you know, I, I know Ole Miss, Louisville is not two blue bloods, but that's two that's two teams that are expected to probably finish in the top half of their conference playing each other on opening weekend. I mean, that's that's good stuff. So, week two, you know, doesn't disappoint either. You got Arkansas, Texas, and then we got my favorite game on the board is Ohio State versus Oregon. Ohio State, like I said. They were the probably the second most impressive team, and they were losing at halftime. They were losing – They I think they lost the lead. Again, they got the lead, then lost it in the third quarter. And yeah. then the running back Ibrahim. got hurt. Yeah. I'm sorry? Ibrahim is the running yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt. And I, I was in bed uh, asleep at the time. But, you know, I heard the next morning that he got hurt, and that really hurt their chances to win. And Oregon just didn't look good at all, apparently. What, they win by seven? Yeah, they were actually down in the fourth quarter by three to Fresno State and then, then end up scoring. Actually, they, they scored, I, I bet I think, midway through the fourth to tie it up and then had to tack on the winning touchdown with about three minutes to play. <laughs> so, But Oregon travels to Ohio State. I'm going to chalk that up to them looking ahead the way I'm chalking Arkansas, struggling early on to looking ahead to Texas. I've got Oregon staying definitely inside the number. This number is 14 and a half. I was impressed with Ohio State's offense. Their skill positions, they look as athletic as we did last year, minus the Jalen Waterwell. Alave's good, the receiver. Alave, and then I can't think of the other one offhand. But, dude, they're no Devontae Smith. They're no Jalen Waddle. But they're, they're, they're junior high, Devontae and Jalen. They're very good. Running backs are good. Master Teague, he is the elder statesman. The underclassmen are, are better than him. It's kind of like it's kind of like our situation. I mean, Brian Robinson, hats off to him, and 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 uh, Scott McMillan for banging that drum for the past six years. Hey, he's not Ford, living this one down, is he? No, never. But four looked good. He did, man. He but I hard. think I think our I think our future is McClellan. I think our future is Trey Sanders, Roydell Williams, Kamar Wheaton. I don't even know if he stepped on the field. He's number one running back you know, last year out of Texas. So I, I feel like that's the same way that, that Master Teague is going to get the start. You know, he's going to be announced pregame as a starter running back, but they're going to rely on their second and third teamers so they look really good, kind of like with Trey Sermon last year. And uh, so I've got Oregon 
keeping it close. If if uh, if Ohio State does in fact cover, it's going to be late. They're going to attack on a late score because you know some coaches just don't believe in kneeling on it. They're gonna they're gonna cover that the score for their fans who bet on their team no matter what. But I'm going to say Oregon has a chance to win. Is within striking distance of a win in the fourth quarter. And then does the turnover go their way or not? The turnover goes their way. They can cut it to, you know, probably below seven. I'd say they're maybe down 10, 12 points. They cut it to three to five points. And then if they can get a stop, they're in position to win the ball game. But I'm going to have – I've got Oregon covering. I, I can't I can't get myself to do that. Uh, I as as poorly as I thought Ohio State looked at times to Minnesota, particularly in trying to stop the run. I felt like their offense, particularly in the second half, was motoring at will. In the first half, they struggled. They were still getting their legs under them, and Minnesota took advantage of that. Took the lead at halftime, like you said, and then Minnesota continued to run the ball well until Ibrahim went out, and they had opportunities, but in that second half, Ohio State really had their way with them on offense. I expect that to carry over this week into a team that struggled with Fresno State, and to top that off there from the powerhouse of the Pac-12, who has traditionally been down, and Washington did them no favors. UCLA is a surprise. Obviously, I don't, you know, we didn't mention them much, uh, but they, they hammered LSU your your number two team in the West, by the way. Uh, it's my number one bet of the, of the week, too. <laughs> but uh, so I, I just feel like Ohio State's going to slowly but surely get a little better than they were in the first week, and I don't think they're going to struggle much with Oregon. I'd like to be on your side of it. I'd like to see Oregon upset them if we could get them there, but I don't, I don't think it's in the cards. Yeah, well, I, so we're on different sides of that. I'm not calling for the wrong team favorite outright upset, but I, I hope it's better than, than what we saw. Hey, hey, Tom, that game's big noon kickoff, baby. Big noon kickoff. <laughs> they, I love the way they promo that. Like, that's something to be proud of. Like, dude, ain't nobody want to play at noon. <laughs> I promise you. That's not a – I didn't even get to Vegas in time. I had the I had the reverse red-eye flight. I, I flew out at 620. I didn't even get out to Vegas in time to bet on the big noon kickoff. <laughs> So, speaking of speaking of bets, let's recap our bets. Oh my gosh! Uh, just by looking here, I think I took Clemson at three and a half. I don't remember who I put. I, I know I took LSU. Big loser. I'd written down four games. I didn't re-listen to the podcast. Maybe I, I might just have to give myself credit for Ole Miss because I was on Ole Miss at nine and a half, and they they dominated Louisville. So I'm I was one and one or zero oh and two. I'm not quite sure. You might remember. I don't remember what you were. I usually depend on you for that, but I, I do know that I am currently undefeated. Do I went, know? Well, I'm not all. I'm also not unblemished. <laughs> I think I had Minnesota at plus fourteen and it landed on the number. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You yeah. might might have got lucky there somewhere, but uh, but I did get the Bama under because I believe in the defense and and boy did they they show up at just the right time. So. I went one zero and one, sir. Well, I'll say one and one for me till I re-listen to it. But who knows? <laughs> that might be way off. All right. So, uh, bets for this week. Give me your first game. Who you got? I'm going to go ahead and take Iowa State minus the points. I'm going to avoid the knee jerk reaction, 
And this is one of those that looks like a crazy line. Iowa State, like we talked about, struggled with Northern Iowa and won the game 16-10. to 10. And their counterpart, Iowa, who they play this week, went out and blew out my darling Big Ten sleeper pick, Indiana, by 30 points and just crushed them in every phase of the game. And so it just stands to reason that Iowa looks so much better than them, yet Iowa State's a solid four-point favorite. So I will I will take the Cyclones in this one. All right. I am also taking one that you're probably not going to guess. We were getting our, our phone – Tom and I play in a Eliminator League where you, you pick – you have to pick a team every week. You can't pick – the same team twice, so it's all ACC. So if you pick Bama week one, they're they're dead. You can't pick them again, and you play into the last man stands. The last man is normally Tom because he gets together with some buddies and plays eighteen sheets. So, <laughs> but anyway, I I had four. I've got four sheets, <laughs> <laughs> and I split my two because you cannot trust Mississippi State. You can't trust them. So I took Bama, and then I took Mississippi State. And my phone is blowing up. Well, both our phones, because we got the email. No, we have smartphones. We don't have flip phones anymore. We have smartphones. And people are emailing. They're disgusted. Like, oh, my gosh, can we start Can we start over? State was down 20 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and, of course, we're, me and Tom are sitting there like, you know, it's not going to kill us because I'll have two sheets left. I think you would have had three or four left. And, I mean, we were going to be in the driver's seat. Like, our sheets were going to be worth probably $150 each if somebody wanted to buy them off of us. At minimum. But, anyway, long story short, Mississippi State came back and won. And Mississippi State plays this week. They have uh, NC State, and they are dogs. They are home dogs. I'm going with Mississippi State plus the two-and-a-half at home. I like it. That was my reserve pick unless you, in case you doubled me up. So, I like State in that spot, too. Of course – if the listening audience will remember, we both loved LSU last week too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, in my actual uh, second game, I, I took a team we already talked about, which was Arkansas. I called for them to upset potentially outright Texas. So why not take the seven points and make it a game of the week? So that's what I did. All right, I'm going to close out with a terrible football team. How terrible are they? I don't I don't know. But they're playing probably the worst team to ever suit up in the SEC or college football in general, and they're seven-point favorites. I'm taking Colorado State against Vanderbilt. I don't see any way <laughs> Vanderbilt wins this one. But how bad is Colorado State? That line is only seven. But I've got That's to go with terrible. it, man. It yeah, is terrible. No kidding. My reserve pick, just in case you took both of mine, was Oregon plus 14 and a half. So we got, we got a three-star play. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot move on that game like it's already been played. It's only a three-star pick. But the Mississippi State, Colorado State, Arkansas plus seven, Iowa State minus four. There's your four-game parlay, page 10 to one at most of your local books. So, congratulations. Early, early present. All right, so anything else you want to cover before we close this out? No, I just, I just, I'll tell you, I had a great time in Vegas. It was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, it was. We are, we are VIPs with the Whippets guys. I know we've talked about them a lot on this podcast, but it, it was wonderful. They gave me drumsticks that they were supposed to give me at Misty's party that they forgot to, so dude still had them. And uh, the three male band members came – came down and talked to us. Robin, the lead singer, she does not break kayfabe. You know what kayfabe is, don't you? No, let, Re- let me. Re- wrestling. 
it's 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 the you, you don't ever kayfabe you don't ever break your character robin would not break her character <laughs> I, mean, uh. <laughs> I went to fist bumper and she acted like she didn't know me i'm like well that's depressing <laughs> and uh so then the guys came down i'm like hey robin act like she know me is that they said no 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 she does it to everybody <laughs> i said okay <laughs> but uh, yeah great time and if you're a part of the listening audience out there tom and i are talking about doing the vegas trip every year for labor day weekend so if you want to get on board and lose about five grand like we did hey feel free <laughs> next year we're staying at the win <laughs> <laughs> So that 10 grand then. <laughs> so that wraps us up. Uh, great, great to have football back, man. It was a blast. Can't wait for this weekend and the subsequent weekends to follow. And, Tom, remember, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and you have to hate often. Roll, Roll Tide. Time. Take it easy, guys. Have you seen Junior's grades?